This land was made for Josh and me. I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) Jackson jurors say evidence just wasn't there. Oh, my goodness. Now, would you feel safe uh, sleeping with Jackson in his bed? (laughs) I, I, I I think I could take him. Yeah, because you're older. You're older than like ten. <laughs> I might be able to beat him off. Yeah. Oh wait, hold on! I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Beat him off. Beat the- it. Just beat it. Drink some Jesus juice. Oh my gosh! Well, that was uh, the big news of the day. Michael Jackson has uh, gotten off, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, let's just start the show real quick because everybody's talking about it. We got to talk about it for like three minutes. So yeah. go ahead. Um, I still think he's guilty. Yep. What do you think? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so obvious, and yep. and 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 I mean, you know, this whole reasonable doubt deal. Just just dude, just you know, it doesn't mean irrational doubt. You know, it means reasonable <laughs> doubt. So draw the line. I mean, the the kid said he did it. Michael didn't stand up and say he didn't do it. Yeah. And uh, why do you think they let him off? What do you think? He's a celebrity, man. You think that was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, everything I heard. It's screaming OJ at me. It's screaming Robert Blake. Right. You know? Right. It's now screaming Michael Jackson. Yeah, brother. If you were on trial today. Dude, I'd be bent over in the (laughs) men's showers right now. (laughs) L.A. jail. Yeah, yeah, you're you'd be fried. Well, you know, one of the things the jurors said today that they kept talking about, and and then uh, uh, we can move along whenever we're ready. But basically, one of the things the jurors said today is that the mom, you know, really bugged them, and the mom was kind of like crazy, hmm. and so you know they they kind of thought that she was nuts, so yeah. they felt like she shouldn't have put you know the boys there in in Michael Jackson's room or whatever. And my thought was this. If I took my son, my four-year-old, and brought him to your house, Josh, yes, and put him naked in your bed next to you, if you, as crazy as I am to do that, yeah, if you touched him, that makes you a pedophile and a freak. Yeah. So you can't blame the mom, even if she put him in bed with Michael and said, "Michael, have a good night." That doesn't mean that Michael needs to do that. So get off the mom being nuts thing. <laughs> And 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 fry the bastard because he did it. You know, he did it. He totally touched those kids, and that's going to happen again. And we're going to will happen again, or he will kill himself. So we can get on the death pool. I don't know that Michael Jackson's going to live much longer, um, because I think he's nuts, and I think he's going the way of Elvis, dying on a toilet one day, taking a dump. Of course, if <laughs> if I was to die tonight, that wouldn't be a bad way to go. <laughs> <laughs> taking a dump. I think. Oh, oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else, Josh. Um, right. You know, we've been talking about a lot of different topics over the past few podcasts. And I told you uh, the other night, I just felt like it was time to get back uh, to one of the reasons we started this site. 
you know? And it wasn't just to talk about the stupid people in church and the stupid way we view things at the church, yeah. but to talk about the stupid church. The stupid church. The stupid church. There are so many things <laughs> wrong with today's church, and I think we just need to, 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 to get it out in the open. Well, go ahead, Steve. You did. I have something on my mind I'd like to share right now. <laughs> share so, it, Steve. Thank you, Josh. Um, well, I think it's time for some changes, and we've been talking about this whole idea of revolution. You know, a revolution in the church. That it's time. That that uh, I was reading an article the other day, and I'll I'll post it on the website. But we have a small window of opportunity here as the church has gone through some changes in the last twenty years. From a traditional, you were part of a traditional church growing up. Yeah. Yeah. What, what were some of the things of the traditional church you remember growing up? What like, are things that I remember? Yeah. Like, like, like what, when you say, when I say traditional church, yeah. what do you think of? The Sunday they had the interpretive dancer. Huh? <laughs> no, there was a Sunday they had an interpretive dancer. And <laughs> since then, that's been on my resume. <laughs> Interests. Dude, interpretive dance. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. No, um, you know, hymns? Did you have hymns? Hymns, the pews. Yeah. Dude, we had the rapture shoot. Oh, wow. It's a big, I don't even know, like, upside down funnel <laughs> in the <laughs> ceiling hmm. that is kind of weird, I guess, yeah, to that, explain it. That is weird. But but the traditional <laughs> church had, you know, your sermon, you know, your Sunday sermon, yeah. you know, your, your, your hymn singing. You know, yeah. the, the pews, the, the hymnals, and mm. we've moved away from that. Thank God about 20, so 20 or so years ago, they, they, they started this whole movement. The mega church movement got started with meeting people's felt needs, you know, Saddleback church, Willow Creek church started designing their services and everything around, around people's felt needs. And the funny thing is it all started with the song, humble thyself, humble thyself. It <laughs> you, did. Yeah. I don't know that story. You don't know. You know the song. Yeah. Just humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he <laughs> shall lift you okay. up. Move on. I'm sorry. All right. And then from the mega church growth movement, you know, now we've gone into this whole deal uh, over the last, uh, what, couple of years, I guess, this emerging church movement. Yeah. You know, like this postmodern. Postmodern, um, kind of reaching, you know, there was Generation X and now they're reaching Generation Y with the whole emerging church and postmodern yeah. movement. Uh, that's the latest new thing. But each new thing, each new thing, moving from the mega church growth to emerging church, each new thing creates the same old problems to me, Josh. The same old problems. I yeah. see the same old problems in the church, in the emerging church today that I saw in my traditional church. It's like they're duplicating what was done before, but now they have tattoos. <laughs> as as I'm sitting over here with multiple, <laughs> but it's true, you know. And you yeah, know, in now the it's 80s, distorted. Now now you're able to jump around, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the 80s, we did it with mullets. You know. Yeah. <laughs> did you rock the mullet? I rocked the mullet. Did you really? And then and then in the 90s, it was the goatee. Okay. And now and some the, people and, are still stuck with that. Yeah, dude, we got to get off that. What's the deal with the goatees today? It's like every church I go to that's emerging. And but they're usually around my age, like forty. <laughs> <laughs> they're still thinking we rock because we've got goatees. Steve, I think you should grow. Oh, I got it. How about we both grow stashes, mustaches? Yeah. Okay. Dude. And okay. and mullets. <laughs> anyway, uh, but anyway, the mega church movement gave way to this emerging church movement. But the new thing, the next new thing, always creates the same old problems. And usually, it's rooted in money, 
problems with the church is money, staffing, and and buildings. So you know? like a uh, business. It's like a business. It's like the business I run. You know, I'm always worried about money. I'm always worried if I should expand my staff or get more people or whatever. And then I'm worried about, you know, where do I do my work? And, and do I need to have a building? Do I need to have a storefront? Do I need to have this? Yeah. Always consumed with those three things. And the church is still consumed with the th- same thing, whether it was now, 20 years ago think, or today. Do you think that was God's plan for the church was, okay, we're going to structure this great corporation <laughs> called the church. Do you think it was God's plan? Oh, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think in the first century church, it wasn't even about that. But in America, we've adopted that pattern of church, you know, making it this whole corporate model. Yeah. You know, with a hierarchy of leadership and and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, So I just see the roots of the problem um, starting with one person and one person only. And that's the pastor. Okay. I think one of the biggest problems in the church today, in the emerging church as well, and not just the traditional mega church, but also the emerging church, is the pastor. I think there's a problem there because the pastoral office really blocks the way for people to grow. Hmm. Um, did you read, we were talking about an article I read earlier uh, that talks about this problem. What are some problems that, uh, just to banter back and forth here, what are some problems that you see with the pastoral role as it is in today's church in America? Well, I think that the church body and the pastors have this this belief that the success of the church, the success of every aspect of the church, people's mm-hmm. growth, the attendance, mm. the style of worship is all giving, on giving, um, the building, everything is now on the pastor's shoulders. Right. So now we got pastors working over 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week. Right. You know, for the cause of God, you know, yeah, for God's artic- cause. The article I read this week put it this way, just what you're saying. The pastor by his mere presence causes an unhealthy dependence upon himself for ministry, direction, and guidance. Ministry, direction, and guidance. The pastor causes an unhealthy dependence on himself. And, and I think it's, it's fruit. It's true. It's fruit. You see, it's fruit. <laughs> I think it's fruit. We're back on only, the Michael Jackson Only thing. in San Francisco. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, as long as the pastor hangs around, you know, delivering his sermons, the people in the church to which he belongs will never be fully set free to function on their own in a church meeting setting. Um, and then here's another big thing. And this is what you were talking about. Feeling the need, feeling the pressure. The pastor feels all this pressure to, to perform. And, and that's the reason I got out of ministry because I felt this you huge couldn't pressure. perform. I couldn't perform. I had premature pastor. You, you couldn't get the numbers up. <laughs> I had premature pastoral election. <laughs> uh, hey, that was a good one. That was very good. Thank you. You can use that for the intro next week. Um, but, <laughs> but one of the things that we have a problem with is, is that the pastor himself ends up destroying his own life. Yeah. The role of the pastor destroys the pastor. How many good men have you known that weren't pastors like lay people? Uh-huh. And then they got into ministry because they felt a higher calling and and then it just changed them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, like you, for example. Yeah. You were a good guy. To- no. <laughs> you didn't even know me before that. I'm just guessing. <laughs> you weren't like me. You weren't always designed, you know, well, I don't know. You were kind of groomed for ministry in some way, you know, kind of grew up in the church. I d- and, yeah, and I definitely that. grew so, up in the church. Yeah. So, 
But I've known guys that have left these lucrative jobs or whatever mm-hmm. and gone into ministry because they felt God was leading them. Mm-hmm. And then they turned out, you know, to be ruined in so many ways, huh. you know, like, like frustrated, burned out, overworked, underpaid, stressed, just, just creates this terrible, terrible yeah. uh, problem. So what are some other things about the pastorate? You know, like why, why are you feeling the pull to get out of ministry right now? What are some things that are giving you angst? Well, I do have to say I'm actually following other ministry passions. Um, I've, I mean, this sounds, I'm going to sound really churchy now, but I feel God is calling me to minister outside of the walls of the church. But mm. that's where I'm getting more, more passionate about reaching people. No matter what, till the day I die, I'm going to want to reach people. Wow, that sounds Christ. like a concept. I want to reach people for Christ. <laughs> well, it sounds like you a know, concept. I, I, re- I have a heart for people. I care for people. You know, I wear, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and it gets pounded day after day. Um, but I just kept looking forward, and I, I didn't believe that I was going to be used to my potential if I was within the walls of the church. I felt... I felt like I couldn't do everything I wanted to do hmm. and keep a paycheck. You were, yeah, you were limited, you, you know, know you and, were limited. and feel, I mean, we go to pretty pro- progressive church though, where I, I don't, I didn't feel too limited, but I, I was looking years ahead where I'm right. like, well, you know, I want to do these things. Can, can I do this within the church? I don't think so. I'm going to see how I can do it outside of church. Well, one, I agree with you. And one of the things I felt, Josh, in, in ministry was the whole con, uh, the whole idea of during my time in ministry, 16 years or whatever it was, um, I, I really didn't get to know that many unchurched people. I mean, our call is to reach out to unchurched people, right? Just like you're saying. And, and really how many people did I know that were unchurched? I became so in, you know, involved in the church culture that I lost touch with actually how lost, you know, lost, I hate that word, how, how unchurched or far from God people uh-huh. act, how, how people that didn't know Christ, you know, that lived in the real world and worked real jobs. Yeah. I just became so disconnected from them that, that what was cool was actually when I left the church work and floundered around for a little while and started interacting. You floundered. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> when I, when I kind of flopped around for a while, not sure what I was going to do with my life. Um, and then got to know some non-churchy people. Uh-huh. It was like, it was like, um, it's a whole different world. It was so exciting. It was so cool because like, like it's these like people, genuine and real. That's where I felt mo- the most realness. Yeah. Are, right. Uh, yeah. Just uh personality from people. You, you felt authentic. Yes. You know, there's there some, it is. There it goes. Authentic. But it was authentic conversations, mm-hmm. you know, struggles with life. You know, exactly. and, and uh, right now I, I interact with so many people. I don't know if they're far from God or not. Who, who am I to judge? Yeah. But, but man, they have questions and they have concerns and they're interested. I mean, it's like your blog this week. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about this community of, of guys that you're hanging yeah. out with that uh, you've become close friends with. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to share that story, well, but yeah, I think it's it was amazing great. just because I, I'll never forget the first time we hung out because these guys, you know, my, my one friend who kind of connected us all together said hey this guy's a pastor and i'm like why did you tell him that you know right crap <laughs> you so, blew my cover so man should, no but we oh, <laughs> but it happened like i thought it would happen i show up they wouldn't look me in the eye right it was the weirdest thing hey oh yeah you, 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 you pastor and 
the more I hung out with them. You just, wait, hold on. You just thought they were calling you a pastor. It was really like, you bastard. Yeah, well, <laughs> I believe it and hope they did. <laughs> but the more you hung out with them? But the more I hung out with them and never, never forcing anything, never bringing it up, mm. they always kind of brought up, hey, so, you know, maybe jokingly, so you want to try and convert me? You know, they always <laughs> they would joke at me. I'm like, no, let's have another beer, you know? And we would hang and hang and hang. And then when it hit me one day was when one of the guys said, Josh, the best thing about you is that you have never invited me to your church. Wow. And I was like, crap, I was going to invite him. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't I'm glad that. I didn't. It wasn't that at all. I was just blown away. It, it, it gave me different eyes to look through when I'm with far from God people. Well, it's a different concept to think that we would actually infiltrate their world, you know, and actually hang out with them in uh-huh. their environment that instead of trying to get them to come to our church events, yes, you know, and I think that's what the church should be about now. And, and so, you know, in, in talking about pastors, one of the things pastors don't do is encourage their people to actually do this. Stop coming to church. Why hmm. don't you not come to so many church events this week and maybe go hang out at the local bar or whatever and get to you know are gonna some say real strip people. club huh <laughs> you're like save saving souls one dollar at a time <laughs> well you know what would jesus do um anyway so in you know in the first century you know some of the churches had these elders this article was talking about who played a shepherding role but what's interesting is they didn't dominate the ministry of the church and they didn't direct the ministry of the church they let the people do that and, and this, this article's calling for it, and I feel like, man, this article hit me right between the eyes again, to call for it, that we need a change. We need a change. And the, and the way we know we need a change is this, is we can talk all we want, pastors out there, about how we facilitate and we mentor and we equip people to, to serve God and, and, and lead. But here's the proof. Here's the question. If a, if a pastor left your church, if, a, if your pastor left your church, left it on its own without any leadership, would that church survive? Would it thrive? And so for me, the way I was always taught was, if you want to know if you're a good leader, you'll find out six months after you've left. Yeah. You'll know it because you've, that means you've equipped the people to do it. And yeah. I don't think churches could sustain themselves yeah. without the leadership of the pastors because pastors are so self-focused and self-important today. Boom. Boom. I, I said it. Yeah. I said it. So what are we calling for? What do we want pastors to do? Resign. Quit. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> we want every we pastor. We have so to many quit. pastor friends, dude. They're all going to be like, you're such a jerk. <laughs> Man, don't you know? How am I going to pay for my family? You're going to get a job. Oh, That's what you're going to do. You're going to go work. And guess what? You might get to meet some non-Christian people and lead them to Christ. Yeah. You might be able to actually affect the world rather than, re- you know, rather than uh, you know, isolate yourself. Yeah. But I do have pastor friends. I mean, I want to come to their defense where one in particular where I feel he has the right head on his shoulders. Uh-huh. I, you know, he wants to reach far from God people. But it's like there has to mm. be. I think there's this like fork in the road that everyone comes to. And I think we chose mm-hmm. one way. But it's like, am I going to play the game? Right. And stay in ministry. Right. To be able to do this full time. Yeah. And, you know, always have it on my mind to be concerned about reaching far from God people. Or am I going to go try and do it on my own while, you know, I'm going to go 
sell stuff or you know fix stuff. You know, have some random right. job. Handyman Dan. Hand- <laughs> Serviceman Steve, that's right. That's <laughs> you right. serviced me earlier. Um, hey, hey, now. hey now. beat it, <laughs> just beat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, because I kind of look at it as a game, and you know, you just have to ask yourself, do you want to play? It? I think I know who not you're say, talking about. Not saying that people who play it necessarily want to play it, but they just decided to. Well, I talked to the person, I think I know who you're talking about, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about it, and he was like, he was kind of going through this whole deal about, you know, but I, I really can't leave the church because I feel like I'm called to it right now. Yeah. And and for me, I was like, you know what? It's not for you, you know, right now. And, yeah. and, and yet, God also may be calling a lot of pastors to stay to change the church, you know, to make it different, to cause the revolution. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I guess I'm just saying that, that, uh, maybe it's not necessarily a physical resignation, you know, Josh, maybe it's not this whole, this whole deal about quitting, actually walking out and not taking a paycheck from the church because we've said it before, just quit. We'll still pay you. Yeah. Just exactly. quit. Quit, quit. Tre- quit taking on the burden that you talked about earlier. Yeah. Quit taking on the whole pressure that you feel like God has to have you in control of exactly. everything. Just quit. Resign. And Give we it will up. still pay you. Give it up. Actually pastor us. Actually shepherd us. Yeah. Actually care about us. And I think there's many guys out there, like my friend, who want to do that. Right. But the church system won't let them. Yeah. So we've got to change it. And, and we've got to say to them, you know, just, just quit. You know, and and uh, and let's change this mother, <laughs> mother Eva. <laughs> we can do it though, and I, yeah. and I think it's time to do it. So um, anyway, right. so we're calling for the resignation of all the pastors. Not necessarily really calling for it. You don't have to give up your jobs, but just resign yourself and and uh, do it differently now. Yeah, start doing it differently. So anyway, alrighty, Steve. In closing, um, I think we should go and. What? You got that Jesus juice in the kitchen. Let's right? go, brother. Okay, let's go drink some Jesus juice. Everybody, Steve here. Just wanting to let you know about a couple of things. First off, go check out the brand new website, stupidchurchpeople.com. Uh, we've got a Steve's blog. We got a Josh's blog now, so you can check that out. Plus, we have our podcast listed there. You can do it all in one place at stupidchurchpeople.com. But don't forget to vote at podcastalley.com. Go vote for our show there. Uh, also, you can call us at 512-857-9647. That's 512-857. 8579647 leave us a dirty message and we'll put you on the air and we just want to give a shout out yo yo to Sarah Beth L4 for going on and voting on our site you said please mention us on your next podcast so now I did all right Sarah and uh you know if you're looking for a good looking guy I know somebody <laughs> see you later Sarah Beth talk to you soon <laughs>